couldn't get down.
It is fairly remarkable that lucid dreams remained for so long unrecognized, since they seem in nearly all cases to be a pleasant and interesting experience and apparently accessible to people in general. The fact that they remained unrecognized, although potentially a common form of human experience, indicates how completely human beings are able to ignore features of reality which do not positively assist a worldview which they have decided to adopt. The fact that lucid dreams have remained unrecognized in this way makes it easier to find it credible that possible faculties such as extrasensory perception and psychokinesis might also have remained unrecognized. In the case of lucid dreams, it seems that they were found disturbing because of the doubt which they shed on the reality of the external world, and people derive a large part of their sense of security from a belief in the solidity and immutability of the physical objects which surround them. The fact that hallucinatory objects can appear to be convincing replicas of their physical counterparts is bound to suggest a doubt concerning the status of waking life. Descartes, for example, asked the question how we could ever know for sure that we were awake since a dream could be indistinguishable from waking life. This is probably an indication that Descartes had lucid dreams, because ordinary dreams are usually fairly easy to distinguish from waking life. So perhaps it is not surprising that lucid dreams seem to have been recognized in the past in association with religious or mystical traditions which viewed the physical world somewhat askance. The Tibetan Buddhist tradition, for example, thought that enlightenment was to be achieved by recognizing the hallucinatory nature of the external world, and one of the techniques they used for achieving this was to encourage people to shut themselves up in situations of sensory deprivation, say in a small dark hut, until they began to have hallucinations. When the hallucinations became convincing and solid enough, these people could venture back into the daylight world. And if they had been successful, their hallucinatory figure would accompany them, even casting a shadow. The idea was that they might then come to regard the whole of the external world as equally hallucinatory and equally the product of their own mind, and this realization was supposed to produce enlightenment. It seems that they, and one or two other mystical traditions at various times, considered lucid dreams 
a useful form of training in the right mental attitude. Gnostic Christians, although so far as I know not advocating the cultivation of lucid dreams, did assert the analogy of normal life as related to some higher state which they called the Gnosis, in the same way that dreaming in sleep is related to waking life. place from which they're fleeing, or without strength they come from having chased after others, or they're involved in striking blows, or they're receiving blows themselves, or they've fallen from high places, or they take off into the air, though they do not have wings. Again, sometimes it's as if people were murdering them, although there's no one even pursuing them, or they themselves are killing their neighbours stand for their blood. When those who are going through all these things wake up, they see nothing. They who are in the midst of these circumstances, for they are nothing. Such is the way of those who have cast ignorance aside as sleep, leaving its works behind like a dream in the night. This is the way everyone has acted, as though asleep time when he was ignorant, and this is the way he has come to knowledge, as if he's awakened.
lucidity does not usually last long. However, if a dreamer wants to develop or extend the lucid periods in his dreams, he can think about the idea of lucid dreaming during the day and before he goes to sleep, so that he is more likely to become lucid during any nightmare that occurs, and thus have a way of controlling the nightmare. This way of relieving nightmares can be used by people of all ages, including children. The Marquis de Veda Santini, a habitual lucid dreamer, was at one stage in his life suffering from a recurrent nightmare from which he managed to release himself by developing lucidity. In these nightmares he would find himself being chased by dreadful monsters through an endless series of rooms. These nightmares seemed to be becoming more frequent he only had to find himself in a room for the thought of monsters to arise, and then the monsters would appear. Finally, in one such experience, the recurrent situation made him aware that he was dreaming, and instead of trying to run away from the monsters, he set his back to a wall, determined to confront his pursuers. stared at my principal assailant. He bore some resemblance to one of those bristling and grimacing demons which are sculptured on cathedral porches. Academic curiosities soon overcame all my other emotions. I saw the fantastic monster halt a few paces from me, hissing and leaping about. Once I had mastered my fear, his actions appeared merely burlesque. I noticed the claws on one of his hands, or paws, I should say. There were seven in all, each very precisely delineated. The monster's features were all very precise and realistic. Hair and eyebrows, what looked like a wound in his shoulder, and many other details. The result of concentrating attention on this figure was that all his acolytes vanished as if by magic. Soon the leading monster also began to slow down, lose precision, and take on a downy appearance. He finally changed into a sort of floating hide, which resembled the faded costumes used as street signs by fancy dress shops at carnival time.
Schweiß, ich weiß. Ja, ich ziehe mal meine Katze, weil ich Katze gefällt und dann werde ich mal so viel.